So a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, for the last year, I've been praying about Iraq. I really thought we were supposed to get in there. When they gave the, um, the direction that we were going to withdraw by the 15th of December, I knew that I had to get over there. And um, I've got some precedents. I've been to Pakistan. I've been to, um, I was in Ukraine right after the wall fell. And I didn't know I was supposed to go. But I put it on my website last year that we're going to go to Iraq this year. Hi, baby. <laughs> That's my daughter back there. Chrissy, why don't you just stand and just say hi. It is our 15th anniversary today. And there's Lexi. And that's little Lexi. And whenever she hears Daddy speaking, she just says, hey, Dad, Dad. <laughs> so last year, I knew I was supposed to go to Iraq. And um, in fact, I mentioned it about a month ago in a church that I was preaching at, and everyone just looked at me like, you're an, you're an idiot. Now, if you know me, probably already you probably already think that, you know. So I'm okay. I'm kind of used to that. No, I'm just kidding. Well, yes and no. So a year ago, I knew it. I've, I have tried every door. I've tried military. I've tried. I meet civilian contractors in Dubai. They find out I preach in Pakistan with no flak jacket, 10,000 people, and they've tried to connect me, and nobody would do it. And a week, a week and a half ago, I get a call from somebody in the State Department or that know somebody in the State Department, and they said, this person can get you a visa into Iraq. So that was Friday. Sunday, I turned to somebody in church two weeks ago. Right, two weeks ago? Three weeks ago, two, two and a half weeks ago. I turned to somebody in church who works for the airlines, and I said, any chance you might know where I could get a ticket? I'm, I'm having a problem trying to get a last-minute ticket overseas. And the guy said, I have three tickets expiring that have to be used by Wednesday. Monday, he calls me at 8 in the morning and says, I've got you out of Sun Valley all the way to Greece and Istanbul all the way back to Sun Valley on Thanksgiving Day. It's, it's, a, you know, it's a companion ticket. And so I had to fly on the holiday. Okay? Yeah. I, I call the lady from the State Department. That was 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm in Tully's in um, Main Street, Sun Valley Road in, in uh, Ketchum. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I called the girl from the State Department, and I said, listen. She said, I cannot talk to you on the phone about this. People are listening to my phone's calls. And I said, I said, can I come meet you? She said, I'm in D.C. I said, I'll be there tomorrow night. All I did is have the open door for the ticket. Listen to this. And she says, I cannot meet you till Thursday night. I said, I'll be in D.C. literally tomorrow night. I called my wife. I said, Christy, I got the ticket, and I've got the State Department contact. And she said, Cliff, we do not have any money for this trip right now. Do you, you know what month this is, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're all getting ready for Christmas. Anybody talk, know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, and she goes, Cliff, we do not have the money. I said, I have to go to Iraq. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. 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 So I, I'm like, God, I've got the ticket. And the guy said to me, he said, listen, I booked the ticket, and normally these tickets, so when I get these tickets, I have a couple weeks to pay for them so I can get on the road and then come back and pay for them. Oh, and I want to just say, this is a friend of mine, Steve Ferris. Just say hi real quick. Steve's from Michigan, and he did an event with us in Croatia. I just happened to see your smiling face. And uh, he actually helped me with that video last night. Put it together really quickly. Just want to say hi. And so um, where was I? No, no, so... So I, yes, there we go, there we go. Just hang on, hang on, hang on. So 
I said to the guy, well, I got like two weeks to pay for this ticket. He goes, no, 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 this company, this, I won't tell you the airline, you have to swipe it as soon as I book it. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, I'm having a problem trying to book it right now, but I'll call you about two hours and we'll lock this ticket in. And so then I call Christy and she goes, Cliff, there's not any money for this trip, buddy. <laughs> now she didn't use the word buddy. <laughs> she probably called me lover of her soul. So I'm sitting in Tully's Coffee on Main Street, you know what I'm talking about, or Sun Valley Road, excuse me, Sun Valley Road, and I'm like, God, this is it. I have 20 days to get to Iraq. This is it. And I've got some meetings down the road. I don't have a lot. I go to the P.O. Box in Sun Valley, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I go into the P.O. Box, and one of my partners has sent me out of the blue, end of the year seed. A check for $2,000. Listen, I'm never going to forget this. I'm sitting in my car and I open up and I call my wife. I said, baby, bam! At the Holy Ghost! And so I go deposit this extra check. I mean, this is un... You know, this is that whole thing where we talk about, you know, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises. You know what I'm saying? Finding money. You know, golden rocks underneath my house, you know, <laughs> oil wells in my backyard, you know, car dealerships deeded over to me. Yeah. I'm okay, anyway, I don't want to get too extreme. I like you right there. You need one of those little hanky. Hallelujah, brother. There we go. So, so here we go. Here we go. So I book the ticket and the next night, the next afternoon, I'm flying to D.C., I can't meet the lady, and so I'll tell you what I did. I'm just going to be frank. I'm a traveling minister, okay? I just started calling partners. I have a door into Iraq, and partners started kicking in. We'll just, you know, I mean, I already got the first seed to prime the pump. And I, I just, listen, listen. Brother Hagen taught us. He said, most people are not spiritual enough to hear from God on these situations. And so he said this. He said, you, put, you, you ask once, and then you trust me. Are you with me? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm a traveling minister. Okay. Paul said no other church communicated with me in giving and receiving. So you have to communicate. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, come on now. That's the word of God. That's the word of God. Whoo, man. I got the amen choir right here, baby. So anyway, so here I am and I'm, I drove 2000 miles in three days, hit partners on the East coast. I got three hours of sleep the first night in between Washington, D.C. and Virginia in Tennessee. I just pulled over. We live in Sun Valley, so it's like 17 degrees at night. So it was 50 there. That was like a heat wave. I thought, you know what? I'm going to pull over, get an hour nap, and keep going. But it was so warm and cuddly at 50 degrees that my body went ahead and slept for a full three hours. Normally, I get at least my, my full 45 minutes. But um, just, I'm sorry. And so uh, if you've seen Elf, you know what I'm talking about. Wow. Um, so, so anyway, where was I? Okay, so I, I'm start just communicating to my partners. I have a door into Iraq. I have a door into Iraq. I have a door into Iraq. Well, I get back to um, D.C. on Thursday, and I'm like, okay, what's my next step? I should go into the consulate. I go to the consulate, and uh, I'm telling you, I, I'm... 
uh, how do I say this nicely? I'm a pretty confident person, okay? If you see my wife, I mean, every day I look at her and I go, oh my gosh, I'm a blessed man. So I'm, I'm fairly confident, okay? I'm just trying to be, you know what I mean? Are you with me? Just blunt, okay? And so I go into the consulate and I'm telling you, I start shaking. I've been in Pakistan. I've been in Ukraine. I've gotten called in because my visa was expired for two days and they're trying to work money out of me. I've been in the Pakistan consulate for two weeks trying to get my second time over there. And they're like, what do you want to go for? And I go in and I'm sitting there and I, I'm like, uh, I am shaking as I'm in the consulate in D.C. Right off of uh, what's it, uh, Massachusetts Ave. And I'm sitting in there and they come out and they say, it's going to take two to three months to get your visa. They say, unless you can get a letter. And this is like... Thursday, I got to get a letter within hours to get back to the consulate. Now, I'm not your normal person. You can probably just tell from the start of this service. So I go out. I'm like, man, am I a total idiot? And I drive to a pastor friend's house and get an hour or two of sleep because I'd only got like two and three hours every night but the night before, two couple nights before. And I'm driving from Annapolis to D.C. to go meet with my with uh, this uh, State Department correspondent. And as I'm driving, I said, man, God, I think I'm crazy. <laughs> now, I know Pastor Mark preaches from here. Listen, if you're beating yourself up about but I'm like, I, how am I going to get a visa? I, two to three months. And I'm driving 50. You know that 50 from Annapolis, Annapolis to um, D.C.? I'm driving 50, and I said, God, I think I'm crazy. And guess what? He says, no, you're not. You're right on schedule. I get to Georgetown and I meet this uh, lady in a, um, in a cafe right there in Georgetown. I don't know her from anybody. And she sits down for me and she tells me that. She says, the future of Iraq lies in the hands of the youth. And I looked at her and I said, did you look at our website? She said, yes, will you please come to a youth conference in Iraq? And she said, we can bring youth and leaders from Baghdad, from Mosul, from all around the place. And we can do a youth. I said, I've been doing this for 20 years. Are you with me? Yeah. Sorry. For 20 years. I drive three hours that night from D.C. at 10 o'clock at night to um, Newark. And I am flying high. <laughs> And some pastors start shooting me cash. And I get over and I'm like, this is it. I'm there. I don't have a visa yet. But I'm just getting on the plane. I'm going to Iraq and I'm going to get off and God's going to have to have something there for me. Because now I know I'm supposed to be with youth. Are you with me? I fly to Greece. They bump me up to business elite so I get to stretch out. I mean, right there, that was God. I land in Greece. I do a youth meeting at night. I go to church with them in the morning. I fly to Istanbul the next day. And as I get off, I said, yeah, I'm on the Atlas jet to um, Erbil. And the guy says, you ain't going anywhere, buddy. He goes, there's a political situation going on. There's no flights going to Iraq. Now, by now, I must be a bozo. (laughs) So I'm looking at the thing, and it's saying delayed, and it's saying something in Kurdish or Arabic or something. And I don't know what's going on. And, and I start to talk to these two young guys next to me, Kurdish guys. They don't speak any English. We start laughing out loud. 
I mean, it was the one brother was like, he thought it was funny. I'm talking to him. He can't talk to me. We don't understand anything. We're screaming laughter. <laughs> Maybe it's sleep deprivation. I don't know. <laughs> so finally, I'm exhausted, and the plane's taking forever, and no one will tell me anything. And I lay down, and I go to sleep on the benches. And I wake up, and these two guys go, American, that man, American, that guy's English guy, that guy speaks English. I can see it like this. And it turns out it's a professor from Erbil, and he says, come with me. The flights are all canceled. We'll go to a hotel, and then we'll get on a flight in the morning. On the way to the hotel, I'm going to wrap this up really quick, okay? On the way to the hotel, they said, forget it. We're going to fly from this other airport in Istanbul to the middle of Iraq or the middle of Turkey. We're going to rent a car, hire a car for five hours, drive to the Iraqi border, get to the border and get in, and then we'll drive the other three hours to Erbil. Now listen, I'm driving across Turkey and Iraq now. I mean now, and I don't have a visa. So we get in, we check in the hotel. In the morning, we get up, a guy's there. I'm not saying anything, and I keep checking my heart, going, God, should I witness to this guy? But as I go to sleep, I'm cleaning up before I go to bed in the hotel in uh, Green Park, whatever it was, and I don't know, the call letters for the airport are DIY. Look it up. It's in, in Turkey somewhere. And I get this sense, your guide is a Muslim. And I, nothing else. I'm talking about being led by the Holy Ghost. And I get up in the morning. We, do, we go for this drive. We get three checkpoints at the Turkish border. And I know I don't have a visa. And we get into the Turkish, to the Turkish border. And that's when the young man is like, Oh, boundary, boundary, frontier, frontier. You know, most nations, they call the border the frontier. And I get into the, the border patrol place in Iraq, and I know I'm not supposed to be there. And I'm sitting here like this, and now I'm going to tell you this story, and I'm almost done. Anybody see that movie Invincible with Mark Wahlberg? Remember that where he goes back and he plays with his guys, and then he gets back on the field, and he gets the white knuckles, and he knows this guy's going to hit me, and he calls an audible? It, Invincible was on my computer, and as I was downloading pictures so that I can take shots with my camera, because I didn't know what I was allowed to be filming. I mean, I'm headed to Iraq. I'm in the border of Turkey. You know what I mean? You go to the airport, and you whip out your phone, and you're snapping shots. Hey there. Hi, I'm a tourist. How are you? Everybody good? Yeah, what's going on? Take that. Put that camera down, you know? But I'm now in Syrian, Iraq, Turkish border, and I'm snapping shots. Hey there, everyone, in my car. I don't know how high I should have it. And it, my, my camera freezes, or my, the, I have nine minutes left after I've downloaded everything, and the movie freezes on the part where he puts his fingers down like this. And it, listen, I'm not saying that God should speak to you through a movie, okay? But obviously, Balaam was spoken by a donkey, so he could use it for a second. I'm not going to go looking for donkeys. Like, can you give me some direction there? I'm trying to make a left on, you know what I'm saying? On Franklin and... No, 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 that's not, I've already been to Yeehaw. You know what I'm saying? So listen, so listen what happens real quick. I'm almost done, at least with that part. So we go in and all I remember is, you know what to do. You act like you've got it, like Mark Warburg did in Invincible. You, you know how to play this game. So we pull up to the Iraqi border thing. It's really nice. They're spending a lot of money there. And we go inside, and it's all Iraqis and one white guy. And my guy's with me, but they don't know anything about me because I don't have unction to tell them about Jesus. And as we're going past the Turkish, that shot that you saw, the Syrian-Turkish-Iraq border, he says, 
He says, that's the border. I said, can we go over and just get a coffee so I could say I went to Syria and got a coffee? He goes, they will kill us. They'll think we're CIA, an Iraqi man, American guy, and a Turkish taxi driver. (laughs) But then he turns and he looks over at the mountain and he says, after that last earthquake, that's the mountain range that they think the prophet Noah's, what do you call that? And I said, Noah's Ark? And all of a sudden it hit me. I went, the prophet Noah, I've studied some Islam. I turned to Aziz and I said, you're a Muslim. He said, why do you say that? I said, no, nobody else calls Noah a prophet except for Islam. And I realized why God had not told me to tell this guy I was a preacher trying to sneak into Iraq. <laughs> Almost sound kind of amazing, isn't it? So I look over and I'm like, that's Noah's Ark is supposed to be up in those mountains. I'm like in biblical history places. We get to the border and I'm telling you, I, I'm, you know, I'm a pretty calm guy, aren't I? Would you, would you agree with that? Well, now I'm jacked up about 10 times. I had a little Turkish coffee that morning. And that stuff's like lead paint. But I'm sitting in the, I'm sitting in the place here and I'm shaking, not out of fear like the other, like the other time. I was, it wasn't fear. It was just like, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to get into Iraq. But now I'm in Iraq and my body's trying to do, and I know what to do. I just see Mark Wahlberg just go play the game, boy. Audible, call an audible, just like he's with his buddies. And I just calm my body, which is, you can ask my wife, it's very hard for me to do. My body just does stuff on its own. You know what I'm saying? I'm joking. I'm joking. And I'm sitting there like this, and the guy turns to Aziz, he goes, you can't get into Iraq. You don't have a visa. I'm just smiling. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good, you know. And then... The taxi drivers come out. We're inside the little cubicle with the guys in there. And the taxi guys, come on, let's go. They stamp my passport. They snuck me over the border into Iraq. So this is what happened. I got there, and that's why I left it at that. I can't, I can't post that on YouTube. That only can be shown in churches, and that's it. We're going to go back in two to three months and do a youth conference with youth all, from all over. This is no longer about taking cities. This is about taking nations. And every one of us has something to do. Every one of us. All right? Every one of us. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. It says this. And now we'll preach. Is that okay? We got into Iraq. I got the first stamp. The second time I went to Pakistan and I showed them my passport in Los Angeles. like, what do you want to go to Pakistan for? And I've already been there. Look. No big deal. So when I go to the Iraqi consulate, they're going to say, what do you want to go back? I've already been there. Who cares? No big deal. Okay, I got some Iraqi dinar. Look, who cares? It doesn't matter. I've been there. And then I just act like it's no big deal. I'm Marky Markin in, uh, in Invincible, man. Yeah. Calling an audible with the pro players. Are you there? Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says this. And we'll try to do this as quickly as we possibly can. Glory to God. It is a pleasure to be here, you guys. It says this. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, the PC would say these are the sons and daughters of God, but I believe he's talking about humankind. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. In the, um, 
uh, NSBC, I don't know, I forgot which translation, for all who are being ASB, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. I want to ask you a question tonight. Are you being led by the Spirit of God? Are you being led by the Spirit? Listen, until I got to D.C., I had no idea what I was going to Iraq for. But I had already gotten on the plane. I would already had $2,000 invested in this trip. And I was already, and I said, I looked at the lady and I'm t- I drove three hours that night. I mean, I was amped. It was, uh, it was um, nine, 10 o'clock at night when I left D.C. I drove three hours to some partner's house um, in Randolph, New Jersey. And I said, God, somebody's crying out for a youth conference in Iraq and you got a guy who's been doing this for 20 years, and it is my sweet pleasure to go there. Yeah. I mean, I'm. this is exactly what I am tailor-made to do. And I heard the cry from whoever, wherever I was, and then I meet with the same... I'm like, it's not me. For those who are being led, those who are... All who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons yeah. of God. Amen. Now watch this. So you jump down a little bit farther, and it says... Verse 21, not verse 21, I think it's 18, 19. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Verse uh, 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. These are the children of God. And it says the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly awaits, eagerly waits for the revealing. One one, One translation says the manifestation. Many of them do. Manifestation means laying bare. And listen, I know this is church. It says making naked, exposing, disclosure of truth, instruction, appearance coming. They are the earnest expectation. One thing says anxious awaiting. The creation is anxiously longing, actually. That's what it said. Anxiously longing for the manifestation, for the revealing of the sons of God. The children of God. Who are the children of God? Those that are being led by the Spirit of God. These are the children of God. Those that are being led by the Spirit of God. These are the children of God. You know I like your pastor? Your pastor is being led by the Spirit of God. I'll tell you, I've watched Pastor Mark for years. If he doesn't get it, he doesn't get it. No big deal. But when he gets it, he's right on. Are you with me? If he doesn't get anything, he's like, well, I don't have to work this. He just follows God. That's a good thing. Not a lot of pastors are following God. Please forgive me. They're not. They're following the situation or the money or the location. Or I can't have a Holy Ghost service on a Wednesday night. It'll scare some people away. Man, I don't know. Am I preaching or not? I don't know if I'm preaching yet. So he says this. Listen, the anxious longing of the creation waits for. He's waiting for us for what? I don't know what you're called to do. I don't know how your walk is. You know the how the first time I got to Idaho? Did I tell this before? No. Pastor Mark, before he was Pastor Mark, he was just, I just knew him as Mark. He, he sees me in Tulsa. And uh, we had lunch with his sister and another friend. And Anyway, 
We'll just stop that part. And so we're having lunch, and he heard I was a ski instructor. He says, you should come up to Sun Valley, or come up to Idaho sometime. And I said, man, don't ask me to come, or I will come. I'm not, if you ask, if, if, if it seems right for me to go, I'm going to go somewhere. And so Christmas of 89, I'm flying through Salt Lake City, and I get stuck. I'll never forget this. Actually, I got stuck in Hawaii, too. And then I got, I'm, I'm in Salt Lake City, and I'm like, wait a minute. Mark Bohr said I should go ski Sun Valley. And I'm sitting in the airport in Salt Lake City, and I look, and, Salt Lake, and Sun Valley was way too expensive. I'm a Bible school student. And I'm sitting there, and I'm praying, and all of a sudden, Twin Falls kind of jumps out. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's like boom, like this. And I go, Twin Falls? I said, how much for a round-trip ticket to Twin Falls? I go, I got people in Twin Falls. Yeah. Or I had an invite in Twin Falls. <laughs> all right? This is a Christmas story. It was right around Christmas time. So I fly in, and on the way there, I ask these people behind me, I said, hey, is there like a bus or something that takes you up to Sun Valley? And they're like, no, 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 we'll, we got extra space. We'll give you a ride. Well, I got my skis. I'd been to Hawaii for Christmas. I had my skis. I had my surfer clothes. I had my Bible school clothes. And when they, all my stuff came out, my skis, they're like, man, we don't know how much you had. So they drive me up, Christmas 89. They drive me up to Sunday. I don't have a reservation. Listen, I was created for such a time as this to get to these places. So listen to this, listen to this. I go up there, and it's a bad winter. And hotels are sent. People are going home, but they're not giving refunds. We don't care. We're not, we're not dependent upon the weather. You came up here to hang out in Sun Valley. So I try to check into a hotel. I find another hotel. They give me a hotel for like $40. This, listen, in Sun Valley, $40 20-something years ago was great. Yeah. And then I got done skiing, and all I knew is Mark Board invited me to his house. <laughs> and so I, I didn't know how to get down from Sun Valley to, to Jerome. And the lady in the hotel said, I'm driving down to Shoshone. I'm like... Oh, good. I'll get a ride with you. She says, yeah, you get a ride with me. And they dropped me off at Shoshone in the middle of winter, okay? I'm a surfer from Hawaii with my skis. They dropped me off in Shoshone. I still got to go 20 miles. There's no bus. There's no nothing. Well, I'm a good surfer boy, so you know what I did? I just got my skis on the side of the road. I stick my thumb out and hitchhike to this $20 hotel in Jerome. And I call, past, I call Pastor Mark's house. He wasn't Pastor Mark at the time. I call his house and his mom answers. I said, hey, is Mark around? She goes, no. And she, she says, who's this? I go, Cliff Graham. She goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm uh, in Jerome in some hotel. Mark said I should call if I in the area. <laughs> now listen, I never told her that I hitchhiked from Shoshone down to Jerome. She had no idea how I got there. Mark calls me within about two hours. He came in from work or something like this. He calls me. And he says, Cliff, what are you doing? I go, I'm in a hotel in Jerome. Now, Jerome has a lot of $20 hotels. <laughs> and he goes, no, I'm going to come pick you up. You're going to come stay at my house. And we go to, her, go to his house. And I'll never forget his mom. She's sitting there. I, I said, well, she goes, what are you doing? And I, I said, well, uh, I, uh, I went to Hawaii and found out that I had an old bill and I had enough money that I had to pay the bill and I kind of got stuck. Sometimes you got to wing it. And his mom says, no, 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 you have to wing it. I will, to this day, I will, no, you have to wing it. 
I remember Linda Bohr's face. No, 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 you have to wing it. I thought, oh man, I am out of my territory. That's how I got to Idaho, from your pastor. But listen, you might think those things are crazy, but listen, I followed God. And when I went back to Bible school, I remember Pastor Hagen preaching, some of you guys need to go to places and you need to pioneer some stuff. Yeah, my, I, I talk like that a lot to my daughter, you know. I, she's like, that's my daddy. Yeehaw! And he said, some of you guys need to go places that nobody else has been. You need to pioneer. And God said right there, I'll never forget. It was the RCA at the time. Now it's RMA, Rooker Memorial Auditorium. And the Lord said, Sun Valley, you're going to go to Sun Valley after France. Now, listen, I'm telling you this because he says, those that are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And the earth, the creation is earnestly waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. It is time. What does that mean? The revealing of the of the sons of God. Yeah. Look at I'm a son of God. We're sons and daughters of God right here. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, what's man? Is there any more to be revealed? Ushers, ushers, can you remove that young child, please? Is there anything else that needs to be revealed? Yes. You know what needs to be revealed? What is it that you're called to do? I know what Pastor Mark's called to do. I know it. And I'll tell you, it's like when when I'm we're swapping stories in the back there. There he goes, man. Just I live by faith. And I got my faith walk. He's got his faith walk. But I don't know about your faith walk. The earth, the creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. For us to rise up and not just all dress up and no place to go. No, for us to put on what we need. Listen, you're not, I, I snuck into Idaho once. So listen, man, it's nothing to sneak into Iraq. Are you with me? I'm a Californian, okay? And I know we go over this every time. It's Blaine County, all right? I fit in perfectly, all right? I, I, I admit it, okay? But what is it you're called to do? What is it that the earth is waiting for you to do? What is it that the creation is waiting for you to be led? What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? What is your, what's your calling? What's the thing that rises up in your heart? All year long, I've been praying about Iraq. When the door opened up, I'm like, I am going to Iraq. Because I have to, I didn't know why I was going. Are you with me? This is what it's all about. This is where the rubber really meets the road. This is why we got Holy Ghost services. So that we can learn to follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. Now, you know what Brother Hagin said. Well, I'm not going to go there yet. Hang on, hang on, hang on. John 14, 12. I was going to jump out ahead of myself, and I'm almost done, actually, at least with that section. John 14, 12. This is waiting. This is what the creation is waiting for. Eager, anxiously longing. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me. How many of us believe in him? Pretty much most of us. The works that I will do, he will do also. 
How many of us are doing his works? Listen, I was just in, I was just in uh, Nepal in April. I saw more miracles than I've ever seen in my life in three days. 15 to 25,000 people. Miracles. And, and my campaign director realized if we could have got more people, it was like an open heaven. People were coming out. I mean, little crippled kids. They're walking. I'm, women over there, the seven or the four noble truths of Hinduism is you have to just accept where you're at. So women carry their deformed husbands. This is who I married. This is my life. On their back. And I remember this one lady sets down her husband and he just starts walking. And I'm looking at her face and I'm going, woman, you need to be excited. Your man could go to work now. And she's sitting here like this. And all of a sudden, as he's walking across the stage, tears are just streaming down her face. And I said, whoo, man, now I know you're human. My guys, so many miracles were happening in three days than I've seen in my entire life. So many miracles. And my campaign director's hands in the air, Abel, he's like bawling. He's like, oh, the souls, the soul, oh, the miracles. And they're looking at me and they're like, they're like, oh, you must have seen this before because you're not. I said, I've never seen this before in my life. They go, how come you're not moved by this? I go, moved by this, man. I expected this to start happening 10 years ago. I was saying, God, what's the matter with me? I've been doing this stuff. Why is it not happening like the Bible says it is? What is wrong with me? You said greater works. Why is it not happening? And then when it's happening, I was like, whew. I guess finally I checked in. Like 20 years I've been doing this thing. Wow. Are you, no, did you hear what I said? I said, oh, it's about Lord. I've been doing this thing for that. What happened? Oh, okay. Whew. Maybe I just got ready. Are you with me? Maybe the greater works. I can say today, I'm seeing the greater works. Only 20 years of uninterrupted, non-stop, everything I had poured into it. Only 20 years, it's just like a drop in the bucket, right? right. David says it's our life's a vapor. Come on. Yes. But I think people thought I was crazy. Now maybe they're, they have some... There we go, basis. Thank you. Ushers, can you remove that man, please? Can we have an usher coup and take that? No. No, I think last time I was here, they were honoring him as the best usher. Anyway, wait. I just, I'm seeing the greater works. Then what he gets to do is he goes, Cliff, I got a job for you. Remember how you snuck into Idaho? And now you get to come back regularly? I want you to sneak into Iraq. That's me, Lord. That's me. That's my job. That's my, I'm good. It was awesome. I wouldn't suggest everybody do it. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go to my Father. Listen, Jesus went to his Father 2,000 years ago approximately. And he's got greater works. An evangelist friend, I saw an autistic man get set free at a youth camp last summer in um, Sand Springs, um, Oklahoma. When you are seeing the kid had a demon, 
three years he could never worship. And I, I, I was the second choice to speak at the youth camp. And all I knew is that when I got there, the Lord says, go to the back. This man's holding a book over his face. 17 years old, 150 pounds wet, holding a book over his face during worship, covering his ears and yelling. Now, if I'm in Pakistan or India, I, I, uh, I guys got a demon, bring him up here. It just doesn't work that way in America for some reason. But the Lord says, go back there, lay hands on him, ask him if he wants help, and then lay hands on him. And he says this, did I tell you this already? He says this, he, he, no, 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 I just have a rough day, just have a rough day. I said, the Lord wants to know if you want help. He says, just have a rough day, just have a rough day. I said, the Lord wants to know if you want, if you want help. And he stands up and five big guys kind of surround me. I, what's that going on there? And he says, yes. I lay my hand on his belly and somebody just lost it. Somebody just started bawling. One of these big guys, 150 pounds wet this kid was, 17 years old. Lay my hands in, the Lord said, take authority over that. And then I said, are you saved? He goes, yes. The Lord said, no, he's not. Lead him in the sinner's prayer. Quietly lead him in the sinner's prayer. You want to get filled with the Holy Spirit? He says, no, I'm okay. I said, anytime during service, you can come up and, and you can get, we'll pray for you to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. He sits down. Three times during the service, something hit me and I turned my head. I said, oh my gosh, God, something radical just happened. He comes up halfway through the service, big smile on his face. Okay, I'm ready. Three times he goes down. Some big lady starts weeping when we lay hands on him. The next day she says, my son was diagnosed with a form of autism. For three years we've never seen him worship. That's the first time we've ever seen him raise his hands. Everybody knew it was a miracle. I tell two evangelists, Brother Newberry, David Newberry, within two or three days and Guy Pei from Cameroon. And I said, I just saw an autistic kid get set free. Guy Pei says this. He says, I've, ne- I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen deaf ears open, but I've never seen an autistic person set free. And Brother David Newberry says, I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen deaf ears open, but I've never seen an autistic person set I mean, they said it word for word. And when I got done, I said, oh, my gosh, God, this is the greater works. Yes, 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 yes. But it's not just for me. No, not. And I believe in this church we are going to see greater works. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. I'm going to close this really quickly. Isaiah 55, 12 says this. It says, you shall be led forth with joy and you should break forth or break out into peace. Break forth with peace. Listen, you've, you have got to learn in these last days to be led by the Holy Ghost. You have got to learn how to follow him and have communion with the Holy Ghost like it says in 2 Corinthians. The fellowship, communion with the Holy Ghost. In John chapter 16, he talks about how be it when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. And you need to spend some time with the Holy Ghost. And these meetings are perfect. But I want to challenge you is that when God starts talking to you about stuff, it's time to start stepping out in faith. You're talking, I mean, I'm saying this from a guy who just snuck into Iraq. (laughs) But there are things happening here in Boise that it is our time now. And it's our time to start following the Holy Ghost and taking steps with the Holy... Are you with me? Yes. Yes. Listen, Brother Hagin taught us this. He said, most of us, the first school of the Holy Ghost is going to be in finances. Why? Because where your heart is, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And so he's going to challenge you to go beyond yourself. Are you with me? Mm -hmm. And it's up to you to take those steps... If you can't give away that extra five or 20 or thousand or whatever it is, he's not going to sneak you into Iraq. Are you with me? Maybe you don't want to go to Iraq. I got it. But you're never going to see the other side. I know how I'm going to close this, but I don't know how I'm going to do it. 
That's a good one. Wow, man. You want to come finish preaching for me? I, I'm, next time I'm bringing some hankies so I can hand them out to Amen Choir. Right there. For those that are led, are being led. Yes. Not just one time. It's not like the VFW where you come back and you're like, yeah, back in back in World War II, I, I, I was out there on a the battlefield. You should have seen it. It was the guns were flying. And... It should be a continual thing. Yes. We should be constantly being led. 